Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives that you were walking by faith and not by sight, you, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, folks. I was kind of hesitant to come on the podcast today because I'm feeling a little congested. I'm feeling a little nasal. Listen, every... And I mean, every single time my son catch a little bug, a few days later, here I go. Because once he gets over his little cold, oh, he's up and running. It is mama who now has to deal with the stuffy nose, the little coughing, all of that. So I apologize before we even get into it if I sound hoarse or or nasal or just stuffy because that's what I'm feeling so I wasn't going to record any, anything today something in my spirit my the the Holy Spirit is like no you need to go on and get this message out so here I am so folks I just want to bring us a word of encouragement that we are not to give up our salvation. Amen. Listen, this is a precious gift that God in heaven has given us the opportunity to be made right with him through Christ Jesus. A lot of people take that for granted. They They take it for granted, right, Holy Spirit. They take it for granted because they do not understand the severity of their situation. It is if they do not repent and come to Christ so that their sins can be forgiven, when they die, they will end up in a burning hell as they await final judgment. So folks, like I said, my brethren, don't give up your salvation. 
Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we come before you today with worship, honor, and with thanksgiving on our lips to extol you, to extol your goodness to us who love you. You are a wonderful God, a long-suffering God, a faithful God, a merciful God, a wise God, a jealous God, a loving God who has sent his only begotten son to this world to die for the sins of many. Father, we have but our obedience to show our gratitude for our salvation. There is no other God that can compare to you. For you will share your throne with no one. You are self-existent. You are worthy to be praised. We need you, Lord. We need and want your help. Lord Jesus, help us today to remain in you, to remain faithful to you. Thank you, Lord, for laying down your perfect, sinless life on our wicked behalf. We are eternally grateful and will continue to serve you and obey your commands. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we eagerly await your soon return. Bless your holy name, Father. I ask, I ask for wisdom today, courage, faithfulness, and discernment. Fill me with your grace to do your will. May my brethren continue to walk the straight and narrow path that leads them to eternal life. May the Holy Spirit move on them so that they will remain faithful to you. May we continue, all of us, to be led by your Holy Spirit unto good works. Father, may my life today bring you much glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So again, I apologize if I sound nasal. I am doing the best I can to the glory of God. Amen. Because folks, the number one fact about every single person on the face of the earth is found in Hebrews 9.27. And as it is appointed, thank you, Holy Spirit, unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Beloved, there is no cushion where sin is concerned. That is why most people love the, love the false doctrine of once saved, always saved. A day or so ago, I did an episode on how you can lose your salvation when you give up on Jesus. Yes, the promise is for eternal life. And yes, for the one who repents, 
stay out of sin and walk in obedience to the Father and to the Son, being led by the Holy Spirit, absolutely for that person. That person shall inherit the kingdom of God. But then if you are in willful every day practicing sin, making light of it, making excuses for it, defending it, thinking God is playing with that lake of fire, taking Jesus as a joke. No, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul told us very clearly, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. We see this in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. So we cannot deceive ourselves to believe that we can stay in our willful sins and still get to go to heaven. Folks, now you know that makes absolutely no sense at all that you can stay. Hold on a minute. That you can stay smoking your weed. Something is in my mouth. Piece of lettuce. <laughs> Listen. It is foolishness to even believe that you can stay smoking your weed, smoking them cigarettes, cursing up a storm, lying and stealing and still sleeping around, still committing the works of the flesh. Folks, all we have to do is read scriptures about sin and how you will not make it in. If we think that we can still do all of that and still get to go to heaven, then we are deceived. Folks, that damnable false doctrine of once saved, always saved, because folks, we ain't safe yet. Listen, it affords them a false sense of security that they can stay in willful practicing sin and still get to go to heaven. No, my friend. Listen, I'm the first to raise my hand. Oh, I believe that every bit of one saved, always saved. As I was in my willful sin, oh yeah, it was comforting to know that no matter what, Jesus still lo loves me. I'm still going to get to go to heaven. So, yeah, yeah, I should stop what I'm doing. But then what is the incentive if I listen, if I continue to listen to the false pastor who who keeps telling me that my past, present and future sins have been all forgiven, then what's the incentive to fear the Lord? There is none. Glory be to God. Listen, that's not how this kingdom works. You cannot turn your back on Jesus and go a whoring back out there to that fallen, lustful, depraved, wicked, Christ-rejecting world when the Father, through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
rescued and delivered you from the slavery and bondage to sin. Folks, hold on. I must stay hydrated. Listen, like literally, literally snatching you from, from hell's fire. Look, Galatians 4, 9. But now, but now. So anything else prior to that, maybe put it to the side, but now something new is finna happen. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how... How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? Question mark. Yo, that's a great question. That's a great question that Paul was asking. He's like, how can you now? Having come to know God, having to come to know the goodness of his word, his Holy Spirit, knowing exactly how Christ Jesus died, that violent, bloody, brutal, horrific death on your behalf, on your behalf, having tasted the goodness of righteousness, walking in full-blown repentance, living the spiritual good life knowing that you have now been made right with holy God whose wrath was upon your head and then and then to turn your back on all of that goodness for what to go back out here into the world with all of their weak and worthless elementary principles you want to do that okay okay look if if with christ you die to the elemental spirits of the world why here we go with another question listen if you had died with christ why on God's green earth, do you want to go back to the vomit? Listen to the scripture. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Look, this is Exactly. This is Colossians 2.20. Look, I'm going to read y'all the, the cross references to this scripture because this again is another obvious and good question to ask because I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, you know how you was once hooked onto something, right? And you just thought you could not live without this thing. Fill in the blank. And then for you to come out of that 
addiction, having to gone through all the heartbreaking, physical, debilitating withdrawals from that. And then now you you are clean and sober. You are living right, doing right, being right, thinking right. And then one night you happen to go out with your friends Somebody come up with the good idea to dibble and dabble back into that thing you put aside. And then you'd be like, well, I have been doing well. I have been living clean and sober. This one, this, this one time won't hurt anything. I can, I can leave it just like I left it before. And what happens? Here you go quote unquote, the one time and then that's it. And next thing you know, you're right back in the vomit again. So these scriptures are a reminder that why would you want to go back to the vomit? Now that you've been cleaned and washed and the the blood of Jesus is, is working in your life, you'll see a clear difference in your life. So why would you want to go back? So listen, let's read that again. And we're going to take it to verse 23. This is Colossians 2, starting at verse 20. Hold on, folks. I must drink a lot of water today. So listen, since you died with Christ, right? to the elemental spiritual forces of this world? Why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with, um, no, these rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Glory be to God. Listen, this world will tell you all day. An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Exercise, get plenty of rest, and you will do well. Stay, stay away from cupcakes and donuts and pizza and pasta. And then you will do well. Starve yourself. Don't eat any carbs. Because you want to look like the latest and greatest world most beautiful man or woman. Right? Okay, so with all of these rules and regulations... What does that have to do with you staying out of sin? Because none of those things are going to restrain you from the lust of the flesh, the lust of your eye, and the pride of life. So why would you want to go back to all of that? Because God told us, do not love this world. 
all that is in the world is that lust of your eyes, your flesh, and the pride of life. All of your accomplishments, all of your selfish ambitions, you now want to parade around with all your material wealth. You idolize your education, so now you are doctor so-and-so, right? Why would you forfeit your salvation to go back into the world where you receive the applause of men rather than knowing you will hear from the Lord Jesus Christ? Well done, my good and faithful servant. So, look at the cross reference. Let's go to Romans 6, 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Amen. Because that's the question. Why would you give up your salvation to go back out there into that Babylonian, Luciferian, Illuminati, don't care about the gospel at all? Why would you go back to that world? Because that world is waiting for their antichrist to come on the world scene. So why would you go back into that world to be a slave to sin all over again. Now that you have been washed, you have been clean. Listen, I, I hear you, Holy Spirit. Let's let's come over here to um first first Corinthians six. Hold on, six through twelve. Hold on, let me get this out. Because Paul tells us, right? He uh, tells us in verses nine through 10 about those sins that will keep us out of heaven, right? Look, listen to this. Come on, open up. Right, so, no, that's 19. Listen, you wait a minute, get out of here. Okay, like I said, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. Let's see what the Bible says. Now look, right? Because he was telling us how the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. And he he went on to say how um, neither the fornicator, the idolator, the adulterer, the uh, uh, homosexual, the sodomite, the thieves, the covetous, the drunkards, the revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he said in verse 11, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So again, why would we want, why would we want to go back out there into that nasty, disgusting world? Folks, it is so not going to be worth anything. Peter tells us in Second Peter chapter 2, 
that you will be worse off than before. Read verses 20 to 22 of 2 Peter chapter 2, because in essence, he is telling us that it would be better if we had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the the holy command we were given to live a holy life. Well, then you prove, you absolutely 100% prove the truth of the proverb that a dog goes back to his vomit and that a washed pig goes back to wallowing, wallowing in the mud. Folks, Folks, today it is all about us remaining faithful to Jesus. Now that you have surrendered your life to him, listen, you made this commitment. Jesus said that we cannot love anyone more than we love him. Everything must be loved less lesser than the love we have for Jesus. Why? Because he is the one who laid down his life for us. He paid the penalty that we should have paid, which is eternal separation from the Father over there in that lake of fire. Because the wages for sin is death. Jesus paid our price. He suffered death on our behalf so that, thank you, Holy Spirit, so that we don't be separated from him and the Father for all of eternity. Jesus paid our sin debt, our past sin debt in full when the moment we came to him in godly sorrow, true repentance. And then we get baptized. Folks, sin will lead you to a burning hell each and every time. Do not be a coward. Do not be a coward that once you was on fire for Christ, you was not even thinking about sin. You was out there evangelizing, bringing people the gospel so that they too can understand that they are in spiritual danger. And then somehow, some way, you go back out there into the world and forget all what Christ has done for you. Some, something happened. Maybe, maybe somebody died that you were so close to could have been a parent, a grandparent, a spouse, a child, something, something happened in your life that you decided that everything you knew to be the truth, you decided it was a lie. The devil got you. How did you let this happen to you? Folks, listen up. When you love right, Holy Spirit, when you love God with everything within you, when you love Jesus, that love you have for them, 
will always supersede the love you have for anybody else because it is through their love that will be able to get you through the pain and the grief of a lost one. Amen. Folks, as wonderful as spouses are, as precious as children are, we are, and and as grateful we are to our parents and family members, we are to love them less than we love God. Because if something happened to these mere mortals, you are going to fall apart when they die. Rather, if you are in Christ, he will help you get through that pain because that person did not die for your sins. There is nothing worth you going back out into that world. Listen, our mindset should be as Peter. Remember over there in John 6, like verses 66 to maybe like 70 where Jesus other disciples because he had other disciples um besides the core 12 and because of his teachings they found it to be rather hard and they started to fall away one by one and Jesus turns to his core 12 and asked them are y'all two going to leave me Peter Peter stood up and said, where are we going to go, Lord? Where? Because you have the very words of eternal life. Where are we going to go? Exactly. And that should be our mindset. The moment a thought, some intrusive thought come into your brain about how, nah, well, you know what? I've been following Jesus this doesn't seem to be working out. I'm still in grief. I'm still in pain. I'm still broke. I'm still sick. Yada, yada, yada. I might as well just put the Bible down, go back out into the world and make it happen on my own. Folks, that is absolutely the worst thing you can do because Isaiah 50 Isaiah 50 verses 10 through 11 tells us, let's go to it. Come on. Let's just go to it. And we are going to see what happens when you walk by the torches of your own light. God already told us what's going to happen to the person who does that. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to y'all right now. Hold on one second. Let's go. Okay. Okay, look what he says. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. Amen. That's verse 10. That is for if you are experiencing anything that you don't have light on from the Lord and you are walking in darkness, you walking in grief, you walking in pain and loss and depression, which by the way, no saint of God should ever be in depression. 
because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And you, you can't seem to get a handle on what's going on in your life. Well, the answer is not to go back out into the world. It says to trust in the name of the Lord and rely on your God. That's how you make it through pain, grief, and anything else in your life that you can't understand. Why is this happening to me? Nonetheless, nonetheless, remain faithful to the Lord. Because verse 11, but now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go. The Lord is like, since you don't want to trust in me, you don't want to rely on my wisdom and wait and be still. You want to go about your own way, doing it the way you feel best is going to pan out for you. Okay, go. Folks, we are to never walk by the light of any torch that we have set ablaze. Because when you do that, you are pushing God out. And then he's going to say, fine, go. Because God pushes away the pride, um, the proud, right? So go, walk in the light of your, your fires, of the torches you you have set ablaze. This is what God says. This is what you shall receive from my hand. When you do that, you will lie down in torment. Folks, I keep telling y'all, God ain't playing with that lake of fire. And we see he ain't playing with the proud, the proud. The one who wants to walk by the light of their own torches. These people are prideful. Because apparently my brain wants to say prideful. Okay. So let's get back to my notes. Let's get back to these cross references. Right. Because see that's what we were talking about. About how. You go back out there into the world once again being a slave to it. So now, look, Galatians 4, 3. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive. No, 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 no. This is Colossians 2, 8. Okay. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophies which depends on human tradition and the elemental elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ Jesus. Amen. Look, oh, look, all of these scriptures is talking about this elemental spiritual forces. This is you going back to the kingdom of darkness. Do you really want to be up under Satan's rule again? Being a slave to sin, knowing when you die, you will go to a burning hell as you await final judgment? Folks, uh-uh. 
Come on now. We must do better. Look, Galatians 4, 3. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. See? See what is waiting for you when you go back out there into that Luciferian world? You are going back into shackles. You are going back into sin as a slave once again. Why? Why? Listen, Galatians 4, 9. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, I read this one earlier, but it bears repeating. How is it? How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Question mark. Folks, listen. Hold on a minute. Mm. You have to understand when you read these scriptures, it's so amazing how alive these words are. It's just like you could like literally hear God's voice and his tone when he when he is asking you these very simple, important questions that should wake all of us up. Because the main question on the floor is why? Why? Would you want to go back out there knowing that that world is run, is ran by the prince of the air, Satan, being once again a slave monkey to him? Why would you want to go back out there when the Lord has set you free from those elemental spiritual forces? Why? Why would you want to do that? Think, folks. Think, you ain't going back to the good life. The grass is not greener on the other side. It is burning in fire, okay? It is nothing better about going back to the past. Just think about it. Let's say if you were in a relationship and it was toxic, it was dysfunctional, it was ungodly, it was physical, abusive, verbally abusive, it was just nasty, it was bad. It was the worst relationship you had ever had, and by the grace of God, you made it out alive. You made it out alive. And then, let's say about a good year later, you had been single you got your mind right, you got, you got your life right, you, you have been spending time with Jesus, learning scripture, living clean, living holy, you ain't thinking about nobody, you, you have now stopped sleeping around, you have been celibate, good, you have repented of all your fornication, drug use, bad relationships, leaving children of the devil alone. You've been good. And then you get a phone call out of the blue. Don't know how this person got your new number. You pick up the phone, not thinking nothing. 
And here they are. She's talking about, yo, Bob, can we, can we talk? Or, yo, Sheila, it's Pete. Can we just talk? And you're like, hmm, all right, all, all right, five minutes. Five minutes turn into 20 minutes. 20 minutes turns until an hour. An hour turns into now y'all meeting up on Friday to quote-unquote talk. Next thing you know, Friday comes, wine is being poured, music is being played, y'all talking about old times, and then you forget about the crazy that had happened a year ago, and then y'all right back in the sheets again. Only for six months later, the real them shows up once again because it will always show up once again. And then you're like, what in the world was I thinking? How is it that I'm back in this same place all over again? And that cycle goes on and on and on and on some point you have to put a pin in it and say i ain't going back down that route again folks be encouraged don't go back to the vomit none of it and i don't care how sweet and nice they say that they have changed nope unless they have repented and and come to Christ, they are not looking for a love relationship with you. If anything, the reason why they called was to um, ask for your forgiveness because they have met the real Jesus Christ. If they are not saying any of that, let them go. Say, you know what? I have to go click and block the number. That's it. Block that number. So listen, Let's continue to look at some more cross-references of Colossians 2.20, right? Look, let's go, let's say Isaiah 29.13. Isaiah 29.13 says, the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules. They have been taught. Folks, everything about traditions of men is ungodly. These are doctrines of devils. And it is really a shame that is going on in the body of Christ by these so-called sheeps. When all the while they are really wolves pretending to be the sheep, teaching you these traditions of men, not to mention out there in the world that you are going to come to Christ with those same principles. Like, for instance, if you want to make money in the world through the stock market, you will find yourself some investment broker give him some money, and then he goes and gamble it because that's what the market is all about, gambling. And then you get a return on your money. So you figure now once you come to Christ and you run into one of these apostate churches and they preaching you the false doctrine of tithing, that how you can give God money and he gives you money back. 
Well, then that is right up your alley because that's what you did out in the world. Folks, we cannot apply worldly principles to godly spiritual principles. It's not going to work because we can come to the Lord talking about Lord, Lord all day long, but our hearts are far from him. He told us, look, Matthew 15, 9, they worship, they worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. See, see, Titus 1, 14, and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. Folks, Paul said it. He said it to the young pastor, Timothy, that it will come a time, if it hasn't already, it will come a time will, when people will not endure sound doctrine. Mm -mm. They will rather put away the truth. They would, they will rather heap upon themselves these false teachers who do nothing but tickle their ears with high-sounding nonsense and empty philosophies, like namely, one saved, always saved. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they do this is because they are, they are in sin, and these false teachers are in sin as well. Peter tells us in Second Peter chapter 2, these false teachers are a disgrace and a stain among us. Folks, the reason why I love, love, love 2 Peter chapter 2, because it opens and opened my eyes to these false teachers. Because when you sit up under, pick one, pick one, okay? For me, it was that damnable prosperity gospel. And in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, wow, they really had me hook, line, and sinker. Why? Because I was in sin, number one. Number two, I too was greedy. Number three, I too coveted what the pastor had. Who wouldn't want a great big old house, a, a, a luxury vehicle, money in the bank, vacations, who wouldn't want that and believing that this is what God wants for me to have? He wanted me to have this stuff. And the fact that I don't have it, not because I was in sin, was because I didn't have big enough faith. Folks, please, I beg you, don't get me started. Look. Okay. Let me go back over here to my notes. So... As we see, there is no benefit for going back out there into the world because, right, Holy Spirit, Paul did, Paul did ask a question. What benefit did we get when we were in those things that we were now ashamed of? No benefit. That's the answer. We didn't get one benefit at all. Folks, listen, the Lord he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And that's Colossians 
113. Yep, that's the facts. Folks, we are not to grieve God's Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Folks, like I've been saying, we don't have this in the bag yet. The Holy Spirit was given to us as a guarantee of what's to come. We have been sealed for the day of redemption when Christ Jesus returns, where our resurrected bodies will be glorified. We are eagerly waiting for Jesus to return. So in the meantime, in between time, we stay out of sin. Point blank, put a period. And that's it. That's it. That's the takeaway. Stay out of sin. Come out from amongst these apostate false churches. Number two, stop it. Mm -hmm. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. How can we? How can we, who died to sin, still live in it? You know what, folks? Some time ago, these questions, I would have been like, well, Jesus understands that I love him. Jesus understands that I'm trying to stop smoking this weed. Jesus understands that the reason why I'm so depressed because I'm stressed in this adulterous remarriage. Who knew that I was in? No, folks. How can we? Because this question is not going to change just because you believe you have a valid reason to stay in sin. How can you? How can we who died to sin still live in it? So, right, Holy Spirit, well, then the, the implication must be is that you did not die to sin. And that's just it. That's, that's just the common sense answer to it all is that well the reason why you are still in sin willful sin okay i'm talking about practicing sin that this is what you do okay is that you have not died to sin you have not fully put on the new man you have not completely turned from your sin because see that was my problem I'm thinking I'm good to go. I'm thinking I'm in right standing with the Father. I'm I'm trusting that Jesus knows my heart. He knows I'm trying. Okay? No, I was deceived. Like you may be deceived if you don't think that you are to come out of sin. Listen, this is a commandment. This is not a suggestion by Jesus. This is not a, a would you, could you, if you please. It would really be nice if you stay out of sin. No, it is a direct command from the commander, the 
via the commander-in-chief, Jesus. He said, he told the woman caught in adultery, and he told the man whom he had healed in his feet to do what? Because he's, he's telling us this today in the 21st century to go, comma, and sin no more. Folks, listen to this scripture. What shall we say? And this is going to be the close, okay? What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Do you not know we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. For if we, ha listen, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Amen. My friend, study Romans 6, 1 to 23. It is all in there. We just read this. Beloved, this is the command. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. Acts 3.19 Because folks, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Matthew 5.10-13 Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Folks, Jesus is telling us, listen, this, this, this ain't nothing new, okay? Those who follow him will be persecuted. Those who follow him will be mocked at and scoffed at. They, they did it to the prophets. They're going to do it to you too in the 21st century. But you are the salt of the earth. But, but, see, Every time I run up against a scripture that just completely debunks one saved, always saved. Oh, I'm jumping. Oh, I'm jumping high because they will lead you to believe that there is nothing you can do that will snatch you from the love of God. That will snatch you from Jesus' hand. That statement is absolutely true, but for the one who stays in Jesus' hand, but for the one who continues to
to abide in Jesus, love the Father, stay out of sin. Yeah, that person has eternal security because they have not gone back out there into that world with all of their weak and worthless elementary uh, regulations and rules being ruled by Satan. Yeah, for that person, it is not a blanket for all of us who claim we follow Jesus but still remain in blatant sin. Folks, again, this is not rocket science. It really don't it really doesn't take a whole lot of thinking to understand that you must stay out of sin. Hebrews 10:26. I read it to y'all yesterday or the day before that if you deliberately that means on purpose. You have made a conscious decision to go back into sin and, and wallow in it. Like, like as if it's mud and vomit. That if you deliberately keep on sinning, well, your only fearful expectation is of judgment and raging fire. Listen, God will not be mocked. He will judge his people. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. What are you doing? Wake yourselves up. Eternal life is only found in Christ Jesus. So your mindset should be like Peter's. Where else, Lord, are we going to go? Because, folks, there is no no other place to go. Because if you think that world is going to save you, you better wake up, <laughs> okay? They are not even saving their own. So what makes you think you coming to them as, as a Christ lover that they're going to treat you any better? You better wake up. Listen, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored it is no longer good for anything listen you lose your flavor you you lose your awe and your zeal for christ and you go back out there into the world then what good are you what good are you listen this is not an indictment this is not condemnation. This is taking you by the shoulders and shaking you and waking you up. It is no benefit for you to go back out there into this world having tasted the goodness of the Lord. I am imploring you. I'm encouraging you. I'm yelling at you. I'm screaming at you to stop it. Hang in there. Folks, we don't have a whole lot of time anyway. It is by the grace of God that he woke all of us up today. Today is the day of your salvation. I'm telling you, young folks are being taken out of here left and right. People who thought they were just going to work ended up in a place they did not expect because they didn't think a drunk driver was going to crash into them head on. 
Folks, listen. How shall how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's foot. Folks, I don't know about y'all, but I'm like Paul over here in 1 Corinthians 9.27. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Amen. I'm like, listen, I'm doing all of this holy, holiness teachings, uh, righteous living, repentance, and then for me personally to go back out there into sin. Listen, I don't want to be considered a castaway after preaching all of this goodness to you all. And then for me to not get in. Uh-uh, I'm with Paul and you should too. We want to discipline this body and make no provision for the flesh. Absolutely not. So we do not want to keep playing around with our salvation because we know, say it with me, God ain't playing with that lake of fire. So no, I'm not giving up my salvation and neither should you. For what? For what? It it ain't worth it. You want to know why it ain't worth it? Acts 17. Mm-hmm. Acts 17, 30 to 31. Therefore, God overlooked and disregarded the former ages of ignorance. But now, okay, okay, but now he commands all people everywhere to do what? Repent. That is to change their old way of thinking to regret their past sins and to seek God's purpose for their lives. Why? I love to ask this question. Why? Why? Why is it that God has called all men everywhere to repent? Because of verse 31. He has set a day. A day when he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness by a man, capital M. So we know it's Jesus because it's about to tell us it's Jesus. By a man whom he has appointed and destined for that task. And he has provided credible proof to everyone by rising, by, by raising him from the dead. That's why. That's why God has called all men everywhere to repent. Amen. So I'm going to leave y'all with Revelation 20. But first, let me make this point. My friend, it is not hard to follow Jesus' two commandments in Matthew 22. Starting at verse 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, verse 40, all the law and the prophets, all the writings of those prophets hang on these two commandments. Amen. Because folks, when you love God, 
with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you are not going to sin against him. You are not going to have any other gods before him. You are not going to make any or have any idols. You are not going to take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Jesus will be your Sabbath. And when you love your neighbor as you love yourself, you are not going to sin against your neighbor either. You are not going, no, you are going to honor your father and your mother. You will not murder. That means no homicide, no, no suicide, no abortions, no killing, no shedding of, of innocent blood. You will not commit adultery nor fornication with your neighbor or your brethren. You will not steal from your neighbor. You will not bear false, false witness against your neighbor. And you won't covet what your neighbor has. You are simply not going to do this, my friend. Why? Because you love God and you no longer want to do anything that displeases him and you will walk in the fear of the Lord. Amen. So all of the law, all 613 of them is being fulfilled because you obey Christ. Amen. So I'm going to leave y'all with Revelation 20 because Revelation 20 shuts down everything because this is the outcome. This is the outcome. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books. Here we go with those books, folks. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Oh yeah, folks, hell itself, death itself will be thrown also into this lake of fire. Look, it says, this is the second death. Verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast, thrown, hurled into the lake of fire. Amen. Glory be to God. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, as well as the loss, that we repent, turn from our sins, and turn to you. Because we just read, you have set a day of judgment. It will do none of the brethren any good for us to go back out into that world of which you have delivered us from. 
Jesus ransomed us from this wicked world being ran by our enemy, the devil. The question of the century. Glory be to God. The question of the century is why? Why would you want to go back out into that worthless, weak world to get ourselves all entangled up and enslaved all over again, knowing the consequence for that is eternal separation from you, Father? I pray that anyone in the sound of my voice will look at that question and realize they are going the wrong way. No matter what, Father, we go through, we must remain faithful to you, cling, rely, trust in Jesus, that no matter what happens, at the end of the day, he is coming back, and we shall have eternal life. Everything about this world, this physical life is temporal. It is not given that we are going to live forever. So if anybody dies that we love, take it for what it is. They were appointed to die just like we are. It should not. And and I say this with great understanding and great compassion. It is appointed once for all of us to die. It may seem untimely in that moment because no matter when it happens, if it happens to you, whether it be your child, your parent, your loved one, grandparents, it never seems to be the right time. We have to understand that these people were given to us as a gift. Eventually, their soul has to return to whom it was given. And let us pray that they have died in Christ Jesus. Folks, this world is temporal. It's all going to burn away. It is It is all going to pass away. People will pass away. We do not give up on Jesus nonetheless. I get it. Grief is hard. And and you feel that no one understands. Your case is different. And it is. It is different. Because it's happening to you. So, of course, those on the outside will love to try to comfort you any best way. But only you know that grief that you are going through. I'm here to encourage you. Apparently, the Holy Spirit wants me to say this to somebody. That he is with you. Jesus is never going to leave you. Remain in him. Don't fall away. Don't blame him. The Bible told us we are not going to live forever. And we don't get to have a say when that person leaves us. 
We must only can enjoy the time that we had with them. But don't allow that grief and pain and, and, and heartache to pull you from your first love. Because this world, this world do not know how to comfort you like the great comforter. No one has Jesus' peace. This world is worthless and it is weak. It can't even help you with temporal things. What makes us think that it can help us with spiritual matters such as grief? Because folks, grief is spiritual. It's spiritual. But we must not give into it. Because it will pull you from Jesus. So I pray for anyone who has lost a loved one, a dear one. I say that Christ is with you. And if you are not in Christ Jesus and you are mad at God because he quote unquote took your father, took your mother, took your child from you. That's not the case. Come to Christ. Nonetheless, repent of your sins so that your so that your sins may be forgiven and allow the love of God to heal that wound that is in you. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Lord willing. Until next time, I should be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.